0: section one of in vino veritas from stages on life's way by soren Kierkegaard, translated by lee m hollander 1880 through 1972 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org section one the banquet it was on one of the last days in july at ten o'clock in the evening when the participants in that banquet assembled together date and year i have forgotten indeed this would be interesting only to one's memory of details and not to one's recollection of the contents of what experience the spirit of the occasion and whatever impressions are recorded in one's mind under that heading concerns only one's recollections and just as generous Wine gains in flavor by passing the equator, because of the evaporation of its watery particles. Likewise does recollection gain by getting rid of the watery particles of memory, and yet recollection becomes as little a mere figment of the imagination by this process as does the generous wine. The participants were five in number: John, with the epithet of the seducer, Victor Aramita. Constantin, and yet two others whose names i have not exactly forgotten which would be a matter of small importance but whose names i did not learn it was as if these two had no proper names for they were constantly addressed by some epithet the one was called the young person nor was he more than twenty and some years of slender and delicate build and of a very dark complexion His face was thoughtful but more pleasing even was its lovable and engaging expression which betokened a purity of soul harmonizing perfectly with the soft charm almost feminine and the transparency of his whole presence this external beauty of appearance was lost sight of however in one's next impression of him or one kept it only in mind whilst regarding a youth nurtured or to use a still tenderer expression Petted into being by thought and nourished by the contents of his own soul, a youth who as yet had had nothing to do with the world, had been neither aroused and fired nor disquieted and, and disturbed. Like a sleepwalker, he bore the law of his actions within himself, and the amiable, kindly expression of his countenance concerned no one, but only mirrored the disposition of his soul. The other person they called the dressmaker and that was his occupation of him it was impossible to get a consistent impression he was dressed according to the very latest fashion with his hair curled and perfumed fragrant with eau de cologne one moment his carriage did not lack self-possession whereas in the next it assumed a certain dancing festifere a certain hovering motion which however was kept in rather definite bounds by the robustness of his figure Even when he was most malicious in his speech, his voice ever had a touch of the smooth-tonguedness of the shop, the suaveness of the dealer in fancy goods, which evidently was utterly disgusting to himself, and only satisfied his spirit of defiance. As I think of him now, I understand him better, to be sure, than when I first saw him step out of his carriage, and I involuntarily laughed, at the same time there is some contradiction left still he had transformed or bewitched himself had by the magic of his own will assumed the appearance of one almost half-witted but had not thereby entirely satisfied himself and this is why his reflectiveness now and then peered forth from beneath his disguise as i think of it now it seems rather absurd the five such persons should get a banquet arranged nor would anything have come of it i suppose if Constantin had not been one of us in a retired room of a confectioner's shop where they met at times the matter had been broached once before but it had been dropped immediately when the question arose as to who was to head the undertaking the young person was declared unfit for that task the dressmaker affirmed himself to be too busy victor aramita did not beg to be excused because he had married a wife or bought a yoke of oxen which he needed to prove but he said even if he should make an exception for once and come to the banquet yet he would decline the courtesy offered him to preside at it and he therewith entered protest at the proper time this john considered a work spoken in due season because as he saw it There was but one person able to prepare a banquet, and that was the possessor of the wishing table, which set itself with delectable things whenever he said to it, Cover thyself. He averred that to enjoy the charms of a young girl in haste was not always the wisest course, but as to a banquet, he would not wait for it, and generally was tired of it a long while before it came off. However, if the plan was to be carried into effect, he would make one condition which was that the banquet should be so arranged as to be served in one course, and that all were agreed on, also that the settings for it were to be made altogether new, and that afterwards they were to be destroyed entirely. Ay, before rising from the table, one was to hear the preparation for their destruction. Nothing was to remain, not even so much, said the dressmaker, as there is left of a dress after it has been made over into a hat nothing said john because nothing is more unpleasant than a sentimental scene and nothing more disgusting than the knowledge that somewhere or other there is an external setting which in a direct and impertinent fashion pretends to be a reality when the conversation had thus become animated victor aramita suddenly arose struck an attitude on the floor beckoned with his hand in the fashion of one commanding and holding his arm extended as one lifting a goblin, he said, with the gesture of one waving a welcome, with this cup, whose fragrance already intoxicates my senses, whose cool fire already inflames my blood, I greet you, beloved fellow banqueters, and bid you welcome, being entirely assured that each of you is sufficiently satisfied by our merely speaking about the banquet, for our Lord satisfied the stomach before satisfying the eye but the imagination acts in the reverse fashion thereupon he inserted his hand in his pocket took from it a cigar case struck a match and began to smoke when constantin constantius protested against this sovereign free way of transforming the banquet plan into an illusory fragment of life victor declared that he did not believe for one moment that such a banquet could be got up and that in any case it would be a mistake to let it become the subject of discussion in advance whatever is to be good must come at once for at once is the divinest of all categories and deserves to be honoured as in the language of the romans because it is the starting point for all that is divine in life and so much so that what is not done at once is of evil however he remarked that he did not care to argue this point in case the others wished to speak and act differently he would not say a word but if they wished him to explain the sense of his remarks more fully he must have leave to make a speech because he did not consider it all desirable to provoke a discussion on the subject permission was given him and as the others called on him to do so at once he spoke as follows a banquet is in itself a difficult matter because even if it be arranged with ever so much taste and talent there is something else essential to its success to wit good luck and by this i mean not such matters as most likely would give concern to an anxious hostess but something different a something which no one can make absolutely sure of the fortunate harmonizing of the spirit and the. Minutia of the banquet that fine ethereal vibration of chords that soul-stirring music which cannot be ordered in advance from the town musicians look you therefore is it a hazardous thing to undertake because if things do go wrong perhaps from the very start one may suffer such a depression and loss of spirits that recovery from it might involve a very long time sheer habit and thoughtlessness are father and godfather to most banquets and it is only due to the lack of critical sense among people that one fails to notice the utter absence of any idea in them in the first place women ought never to be present at a banquet women may be used to advantage only in the greek style as a chorus of dancers as it is the main thing at a banquet that there be eating and drinking women ought not to be present, for she cannot do justice to what is offered, or if she can, it is most unbeautiful. Whenever a woman is present, the matter of eating and drinking ought to be reduced to the very slightest proportions. At most, it ought to be no more than some trifling feminine occupation to have something to busy one's hands with, especially in the country, a little repast of this kind, which, by the way, should be but at other times than the principal meals may be extremely delightful and if so always owing to the presence of the other sex to do like the english who let the fair sex retire as soon as the real drinking is to start is to fall between two stools for every plan ought to be a whole and the very manner with which i take a seat at the table and seize hold of knife and fork bears a definite relation to this whole in the same sense, a political banquet presents an unbeautiful ambiguity, inasmuch as one does not want to cut down to a very minimum the essentials of a banquet, and yet does not wish to have the speeches thought of as having been made over the cups. So far, we are agreed, I suppose, and our number, in case anything should come of this banquet, is correctly chosen, according to that beautiful rule neither more than the muses nor fewer than the graces. Now I demand the greatest superabundance of everything, thinkable. That is, even though everything be not actually there, yet the possibility of having it must be at everyone's immediate beck and call. I hover temptingly over the table, more seductive even than the actual sight of it. I beg to be excused, however, from banqueting on sulphur matches or on a piece of sugar which all are to suck in turn. My demands for such a banquet will, on the contrary, be difficult to satisfy for the feast itself must be calculated to arouse and incite the unmentionable longing which each worthy participant is to bring with him i require that the earth's fertility be at our service as though everything sprouted forth at the very moment the desire for it was born i desire more luxurious abundance of wine than when mephistopheles needed but to drill holes into the table to obtain it i demand an illumination more splendid than have the gnomes when they lift up the mountain on pillars and dance in a sea of blazing light i demand what most excites the senses i demand their gratification by deliciously sweet perfumes more superb than any in the Arabian nights i demand a coolness which voluptuously provokes desire and breathes relaxation on desire satisfied I demand a fountain's unceasing enlivenment. If Maceanus could not sleep without hearing the splashing of a fountain, I cannot eat without it. Do not misunderstand me. I can eat stockfish without it, but I cannot eat at a banquet without it. I can drink water without it, but I cannot drink wine at a banquet without it. I demand a host of servants, chosen and comely, as if I sate at table with the gods. I demand that there shall be music at the feast both strong and subdued and i demand that it shall be an accompaniment to my thoughts and what concerns you my friends my demands regarding you are altogether incredible do you see by reason of all these demands which are as many reasons against it i hold a banquet to be a pium deseratum and am so far from desiring a repetition of it that i presume it is not feasible even a first time the only one who had not actually participated in this conversation nor in the frustration of the banquet was constantine without him nothing would have been done save the talking he had come to a different conclusion and was of the opinion that the idea might well be realized if one but carried the matter with a high hand then some time passed and both the banquet and the discussion about it were forgotten when suddenly one day the participants received a card of invitation from constantius for a banquet the very same evening the motto of the party had been given by him as in vino veritas because there was to be speaking to be sure and not only conversation but the speeches were not to be made except in vino and no truth was to be uttered there excepting that which is in vino when the wine is a defence of the truth and the truth a defence of the wine the place had been chosen in the woods some ten miles distant from copenhagen the hall in which they were to feast had been newly decorated and in every way made unrecognizable a smaller room separated from the hall by a corridor was arranged for an orchestra shutters and curtains were let down before all windows which were left open the arrangement that the participants were to drive to the banquet in the evening hour was to intimate to them and that was Constantine's idea what was to follow. Even if one knows that one is driving to a banquet, and the imagination therefore indulges for a moment in thoughts of luxury, yet the impression of the natural surroundings is too powerful to be resisted. That this might possibly not be the case was the only contingency he apprehended, for just as there is no power like the imagination to render beautiful all it touches, neither is there any power which can to such a degree disturb all misfortune conspiring if confronted with reality but driving on a summer evening does not lure the imagination to luxurious thoughts but rather to the opposite even if one does not see it or hear it the imagination will unconsciously create a picture of the longing for home which one is apt to feel in the evening hours one sees the reapers man and maid returning from their work in the fields one hears the hurried rattling of the hay wagon one interprets even the far-away lowing from the meadows as a longing thus does a summer evening suggest idyllic thoughts soothing even a restless mind with its assuagement inducing even the soaring imagination to abide on earth with an indwelling yearning for home as the place from whence it came and thus teaching the insatiable mind to be satisfied with little by rendering one content. For in the evening hour time stands still, and eternity lingers. Thus they arrived in the evening hour, those invited, for Constantine had come out somewhat earlier. Victor Aramita, who resided in the country not far away, came on horseback, the others in a carriage, and just as they had discharged it, a light open vehicle rolled in through the gate carrying a merry company of four journeymen who were entertained to be ready at the decisive moment to function as a corps of destruction just as firemen are stationed in a theatre for the opposite reason at once to extinguish the fire so long as one is a child one possesses sufficient imagination to maintain one's soul at the very top notch of expectation a whole hour in the dark room if need be but when one has grown older one's imagination may easily cause one to tire of the christmas tree before seeing it the folding doors were opened the effect of the radiant illumination the coolness wafting toward them the beguiling fragrance of sweet perfumes the excellent taste of the arrangements for a moment overwhelmed the feelings of those entering and when at the same time strains from the ballet of don juan sounded from the orchestra their persons seemed transfigured and as if out of reverence for an unseen spirit about them they stopped short for a moment like men who have been roused by admiration and who have risen to admire whoever knows that happy moment whoever has appreciated its delight and has not also felt the apprehension lest suddenly something might happen some trifle perhaps which yet might be sufficient to disturb all whoever has held the lamp of aladdin in his hand and has not also felt the swooning of pleasure because one needs but to wish whoever has held what is inviting in his hand and has not also learned to keep his wrist limber to let go at once if need be thus they stood side by side only victor stood alone absorbed in thought a shudder seemed to pass through his soul he almost trembled he collected himself and saluted the omen with these words ye mysterious festive and seductive strange which drew me out of the cloistered seclusion of a quiet youth and beguiled me with a longing as mighty as a recollection and terrible as though elvira had not even been seduced but had only desired to be immortal mozart thou to whom i owe all but no as yet i do not owe thee all but when i shall have become an old man if ever i do become an old man or when i shall have become ten years older if ever i do or whenever i become old if ever i shall become old or when i shall die for that indeed i know i shall then shall i say immortal mozart thou to whom i owe all and then i shall let my admiration which is my soul's first and only admiration. burst forth, in all its might, let it make away with me, as it often has been on the point of doing. Then have I set my house in order. Then have I remembered my beloved one. Then have I confessed my love. Then have I fully established that I owe thee all. Then am I occupied no longer with thee, with the world, but only with the grave thought of death. Now there came from the orchestra that invitation in which joy triumphs most exultantly, and heaven's storming soars aloft above Elvira's sorrowful thanks. And gracefully apostrophizing, John repeated, Viva la liberta, et veritas, said the young person, but above all in vino. Constantine interrupted them, seating himself at the table and inviting the others to do likewise how easy to prepare a banquet yet constantine declared that he never would risk preparing another how easy to admire yet victor declared that he never again would lend words to his admiration for to suffer a discomfiture is more dreadful than to become an invalid in war how easy to express a desire if one has the magic lamp yet that is at times more terrible than to perish of want they were seated in the same moment the little company were launched into the very middle of the infinite sea of enjoyment as if with one single bound each one had addressed all his thoughts and all his desires to the banquet had prepared his soul for the enjoyment which was offered to overflowing and in which their souls overflowed the experienced driver is known by his ability to start the snorting team with a single bound and to hold them well abreast the well trained steed is known by his lifting himself in one absolutely decisive leap, even if one or the other of the guests perhaps fell short in some particular. Certainly, Constantine was a good host. Thus they banqueted. Soon, conversation had woven its beautiful wreaths about the banqueters, so that they sat garlanded. Now it was enamored of the food, now of the wine, and now again of itself. Now it seemed to develop into significance and then again it was altogether slight soon fancy unfolded itself the splendid one which blows but once the tender one which straightway closes its petals now there came an exclamation from one of the banqueters these truffles are superb and now an order of the host the chateau margot now the music was drowned in the noise now it was heard again Sometimes the servants stood still as if in pause uh, in that decisive moment when a new dish was being brought out or a new wine was ordered and mentioned by name. Sometimes they were all a bustle. Sometimes there was silence for a moment, and then the reanimating spirit of the music went forth over the guests. Now one with some bold thought would take the lead in the conversation, and the others followed it, almost forgetting to eat, and the music would sound after them as if sounds after the jubilant shouts of a host storming on now only the clinking of glasses and the clattering of plates was heard and the feasting proceeded in silence accompanied only by the music that joyously advanced and again stimulated conversation thus they banqueted how poor is language in comparison with that symphony of sounds unmeaning yet how significant whether of a battle or of a banquet which even scenic representation cannot imitate and for which language has but a few words how rich is language in the expression of the world of ideas and how poor when it is to describe reality only once did constantine abandon his omnipresence in which one actually lost sight of his presence at the very beginning he got them to sing one of the old drinking songs by way of calling to mind that jolly time when men and women feasted together as he said a proposal which had the positively burlesque effects he had perhaps calculated it should have it almost gained the upper hand when the dressmaker wanted them to sing the ditty when i shall mount the bridal bed Ho, ho after a couple of courses had been served constantin proposed that the banquet should conclude with each one's making a speech but that precaution should be taken against the speaker's divocating too much he was for making two conditions viz there were to be no speeches until after the meal and no one was to speak before having drunk sufficiently to feel the power of the wine else he was to be in that condition in which one says much when under other circumstances one would leave unsaid without necessarily having the connection of speech and thought constantly interrupted by hiccoughs. Before speaking, then, each one was to declare solemnly that he was in that condition. No definite quantity of wine was to be required. Capacities differed so widely. Against this proposal, John entered protest. He could never become intoxicated, he averred, and when he had come to a certain point, he grew the soberer the more he drank. Victor Aramita was of the opinion that any such preparatory premeditations to ensure one's becoming drunk would precisely mitigate against one's becoming so. If one desired to become intoxicated, the deliberate wish was only a hindrance. Then there ensued some discussion about the diver's influences of wine on consciousness, and especially about the fact that, in the case of a reflective temperament, an excess of wine may manifest itself not in any particular impetus but on the contrary in a noticeably cool self-possession as to the contents of the speeches constantine proposed that they should deal with love that is the relation between man and woman no love stories were to be told though they might furnish the text of one's remarks the conditions were accepted all reasonable and just demands a host may make on his guests were fulfilled he ate and drank and drank and were filled with drink as the bible has it that is they drank stoutly the dessert was served even if victor had not as yet had his desire gratified to hear the splashing of a fountain which for that matter he had luckily forgotten since that former conversation now champagne flowed profusely the clock struck twelve thereupon constantine Commanded silence, saluted the young person with a goblet and the words "Quod felixit fastunque and bade him to speak first. End of section one.